You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Saints hung tough but eventually lost 27-17 to Dallas on Thursday night football. And now it's time for the Week 13 Pick'em Show. We're back, everybody. Welcome to Week 13. It's the Pick'em Show. As usual. (laughs) Happy Saturday. It is Saturday, but you may be listening to this on Sunday, so... Happy Sunday, too. Happy whatever day it is that you listen to this show. We have about three loyal listeners right now, and that's more than I could ever ask for, so... Thank you to those who listen to this show. We'll start with a little rewind to Thursday Night Football. It was a closer game than... Most people thought once the Saints injury report came down the line, uh, their defense played well, kept them in the game, shut down the Dallas run game, forced Dak into a lot of pressured throws, and with C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper not uh, really being around the last couple weeks, you could tell they were just kind of slightly out of rhythm. But nonetheless, Dallas held the lead uh there was a missed field goal by the saints in the first half uh i think it was like a 52 yarder maybe long field goal that would have helped the saints a lot in that close first half and then as the saints were driving late in the half Taysom hill threw kind of a sideline pass i want to say it was to deonta harris and it was actually pretty well placed uh, but it went, the ball tipped up off his hands and one of the Dallas defenders made a really fantastic interception along the sideline there, had a little toe drag swag. Anyway, it was, I think 13, seven at the half saints were hanging tough. Uh, the game got to a point where it was 20 to 10, like Dallas had finally scored uh, unfortunately, it came in the form of a Tony Pollard, like, 55-yard touchdown. Woo-hoo. Don't <laughs> woohoo that in here. We're playing each other in fantasy. And, of course, you have Gallup, who had a touchdown. You had Pollard, who had a touchdown. Oh, and you had the Dallas defense <laughs> that had a touchdown and four interceptions. Yeah, all my eggs were in one basket. Yeah, well, hopefully that's the end of it. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was yeah, it was close. The Saints had the ball late in the game, down 10. They were driving after, a, after they picked off Dallas. I think they were in Dallas territory around, like, the 45. And uh, 
Taysom Hill gets his arm hit, looks like a fumble that he loses, but it gets overturned, and they keep the ball, and then he throws a pick on the next play. And I think they eventually hold him there, and then he throws a pick on their next possession. And I think they hold him and force a punt there too, and then he gets pick sixth on their next possession, and that made it 27-10. to 10. And then he eventually leads him down the field and scores a touchdown. But he somehow mallet-fingered himself, <laughs> very similar to Russell Wilson. And I think I cursed him because okay. Russell Wilson was my starting fantasy quarterback. He suffered the mallet-finger, so I had to scramble to get quarterback replacements so I pick up Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones gets brutally concussed by Dallas <laughs> that day that I pick him up. So I'm stuck there. Uh, and then in preparing for Russell Wilson's return, get rid of Daniel Jones, pick up Taysom Hill. Hill's still dealing with the foot injury for a couple of games, so it doesn't play for me. Draft Carson Wentz, don't play him even though he had a good week last week. And then I finally start Taysom Hill, and he mallet-fingered himself. It's you, babe. You're uh, the first. Yeah, I am. But he played through it. You could tell. I mean, he wasn't super accurate before the injury happened, but you know, I think he went like 19 of 41 or something like that. So below 50% completions, four interceptions. Uh, and some of the interceptions were just like bad decisions. Uh it wasn't exactly like, oh, he threw a terribly inaccurate ball. The first one bounced off his receiver's hands up into the air. Dallas intercepted it. He threw one where he didn't see the defensive lineman, and he just threw it right into his face, and it got picked off. The one that he threw that uh, Trayvon Diggs picked off along the sideline for his ninth interception of the season. Uh, Hill was just, like, rolling to his right, and I don't know. He just threw kind of like a weak ball, like... He's kind of like jumping in the air when he threw it, so there just wasn't a lot on it. And you can't like hang that thing out there with the kind of uh, playmaker that Diggs is. Uh, the other interception, I can't really remember off the top of my head, but I mean, he threw a bunch of them. He wasn't super accurate, but he still ran for 100 yards. And he ended up with like 25 and a half fantasy points, which is better than any of my other quarterbacks have performed all season. The problem is he gave 10 of those points to your defense with mm -hmm. the four interceptions and the uh, pick six. It's very generous of him. Yeah, and I think he probably got sacked or tackled for a loss a couple times too, so he really probably gave him like 11 points. Um, but at least if your defense was going to get those <clears throat> points, I got the 25 and a half out of it. So anyway, the Saints hung tough. Sean Payton had him ready to go. The defense played well looks like Hill's going to play through that finger injury. Um, but credit to Dallas for figuring it out on a night where, you know, it's kind of one of those games where it looked like they were going to get upset because everything was pointing in the direction of them winning. But somehow I picked Dallas to win, Dallas to cover, and it started at four and a half, and I think it moved to like seven and a half, but they covered both of those. And I picked the exact score of 27-17. But for some reason, I picked over 47 and a half, even though my score prediction was 44. Go figure. I was just hedging my bets a little bit. And once I saw the injury report finalized, I just changed my final score prediction and forgot about the over under. <laughs> but I mean, it was that's what happened. But pretty accurate. 
It was, yeah. I took a couple points off of the Saints, added a couple points to Dallas, ended at 27-17. I haven't, I haven't bullseyed a final score yet this season. I've gotten close, but that was nice. Yeah. It doesn't count for anything, but it was nice. Um, so moving on into the, the first game of the Week 13 slate, what do we got? Bucks at Falcons. Well, that's a game that the Bucks should win. They beat them pretty handily last time. I think they beat them by 17, uh, even though the Falcons scored 28 on them. That was the Falcons team that had Calvin Ridley. And now it's basically just Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. And, you know, Matt Ryan looked a lot better with Cordero Patterson out there last week. He changes kind of what their offense is able to do. But in the second half, uh, Jacksonville kind of figured it out, and that was it. Patterson had those two touchdowns early to give him the lead, and then they basically had to hold off Jacksonville the rest of the way. So uh, you can rest assured that that Bucks defense is going to be hunting Matt Ryan all day long. And I know the Falcons need this game to stay in the hunt. It's a division game. It's probably going to be close for a while because these teams know each other pretty well. Antonio Brown is definitely not going to play for a while thanks to his suspension for what I think is a federal felony, but right now he's just being suspended for violating the league's COVID policies for uh, falsifying his vaccination card. It's uh, a felony, isn't it? I think it is, but I don't know. As of right now, he's not being charged with anything that I know of. But regardless, he's not going to play in this game. Neither is Mike Edwards. And they had a receiver that they signed who also is not on the team anymore, who was part of this little uh, fake vaccine card club. So the Bucks have been getting along without Antonio Brown. They've, they're in that part of the season where they were last year, where it's like, okay, it's time to figure out how to like run the ball consistently, play defense. Uh, and it's Mike Evans and Godwin and Gronk is back, so I don't see the Bucks losing this game. So I'll take the Bucks, probably to cover ten or whatever it was. They should they should handle Atlanta pretty easily as long as they account for Cordero Patterson. I don't see the Falcons having much else like guard pits over the middle bracket him with double coverage force ryan to throw underneath and just like pressure the shit out of him we've seen that he doesn't move very well so if you get a little bit of pressure in the interior he's in deep shit okay moving on cardinals at bears it's an interesting game because the bears are still like technically in the hunt i think but they've shown that they're not very good they're super beat up too so i don't know that they're necessarily as bad as their record would indicate but no uh Akeem Hicks looks like uh Allen Robinson and Justin Fields are both doubtful uh they're missing another fairly important piece of that defense Let me see. I know I looked at it earlier uh oh Mario Edwards and Marquise Goodwin and Damian Williams are all out. So it's going to be Andy Dalton and a bunch of the kind of like secondary guys trying to win. Arizona doesn't look like they want to rush Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back out there. But at this point, those guys have missed like a month. Uh, so what looked kind of like an innocuous injury to Murray when it happened 
has just kept him out for this long. Colt McCoy's been good in uh, replacing him, but it's in Chicago. It's going to be fairly cold. It's going to be mostly on Connor, I think, to battle that Bears defense. But the Bears defense, I think, should be able to still scheme to slow him down and force Colt McCoy to win it. Uh, if Murray and Hopkins end up playing in this game, I think it would slide very easily in Arizona's favor. But as of right now, it's a little bit of a closer game. It's kind of like a 50-50 pick on Yahoo, surprisingly. But Arizona still managed to win without essentially their two best players. But in Chicago. It is in Chicago. Like I said, it's cold. It's that Arizona heading east for the morning game. It's going to be like 36 degrees outside. So Chicago knows all about that. I don't think Arizona is really about that ice cold football life, but it's almost a throwaway game for them because they have the best record. Uh, they don't have the tiebreak against Green Bay, but they don't need this win that badly. Chicago does. So for that reason, it should be close. I got to take Arizona to win, but I think seven and a half is a pretty big spread. I would take Chicago to cover that. Just Chicago's going to keep the game low scoring. They're going to hand it to Montgomery and just like pound the rock and try to be conservative as much as they can, take as much time off the clock as they can. So it's not a possession war. Uh, but yeah, I'll go cards. I mean, I think Kyler's close to being back, right? Yeah, he's a game-time decision the last, like, two, three weeks. So it's just, obviously, he's not getting ready at game time. And I don't know if going out there to the freezing cold on his first game back is the game you want him out there. Like, because if he's tense because it's cold, he may just, like, aggravate some other injury or aggravate the injury he's got right now even worse. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're still pretty good. It seems like they're still an above 500 team, even without Hopkins and Murray. So that says a lot about their defense and the rest of that team. So they've earned that number one spot in the NFC. They've proven it. Colt McCoy has gone and won some games that he really shouldn't have won. But that says a lot. So what's next? Chargers at Bengals. Oh, man. You know, there was a time I were like, I thought the Chargers were good. I don't know that they are anymore. Their defense is shitty. We know that. Um, like, it's basically Joey Bosa and Derwin James, and, like, that's it. They give up a lot of points, uh, and they lose games. Like, that game last week, I can't remember who it was for some reason off the top of my head. I can tell you. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Please do. Be my research assistant while I'm thinking. But they only scored, I think, two touchdowns. Uh, Broncos. Yeah, they went into Denver, and they got their asses kicked. And it's like it's not like Denver's terrible, right? I think Denver was five and five at the time. Uh, Denver had similarly started the season very hot, <clears throat> but when you're looking at these two teams, like on paper, I guess the Chargers were supposed to take a leap. But you know. I'm forgetting that like they were a sub 500 team last year. I think they were like six and 10 somewhere in that neighborhood. So they really were not a good football team last year. They found their quarterback in Justin Herbert. 
but I don't know. It seems like their offense is predictable. Like Mike Williams can't catch the ball. Uh, everything is underneath to Keenan Allen. And then if Eckler doesn't dominate, they don't win. Uh, I need Eckler to dominate. No, I don't want that. Um, so this is interesting because Cincinnati has played really well, but these teams are similar in that they were both kind of young, below 500 teams. They both have young coaches. They both have second-year quarterbacks. And, I mean, like, Herbert is definitely putting up the numbers better than Burrow. But the Chargers are losing a lot. And when you lose, you're going to put up some numbers because you're playing from behind. Um, so I don't know necessarily know that, like, Burrow is the better quarterback because they have the better record. But he's playing very well himself. And just, I think they're undefeated when he throws less than 30 passes. So when Joe Mixon is out there dominating, it makes it really easy on the rest of them. I would say that Cincinnati has the better uh, overall offense and the better defense. They've shown that they have the better kicker. Um, they've beaten the better teams at this point. So I got to go with Cincinnati. It's in Cincinnati. And with two teams that have like similar trajectories that are in like the second year of their growth curve in terms of like getting to be a good team, getting to be a contender, getting to be a playoff team, all that stuff. Cincinnati looks like they're further ahead and they're, it, they just look better. So I haven't seen the chargers run defense in particular is terrible. Um, and Cincinnati's going to run the ball. So that's going to be a problem. I think their ball distribution is better uh, to their receivers not necessarily that like their receiving group is better or anything. I like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, but Chase presents that uh, that home run threat all the time. And then uh, Boyd and Higgins filling in. And then you never know, like that tight end might pop up and uh, just drop two touchdowns on you. At least for the time being, I think Cincinnati's the better team. It's not that the Chargers can't win this game, but... Based on what I've seen so far this season, I think Cincinnati's better and they play better more consistently. So I'll take the Bengals at home. I'm surprised that they're not more heavily favored, at least in the Yahoo app. Yeah. Like I said, the teams, like, they seem similar. And I think there's just this idea that, like, the Chargers are good. I don't know why, though. Like, their record doesn't indicate that they're actually good. It indicates that they're not bad. But the kind of games they lose and the way they lose tells me that Cincinnati's better. So, until further notice, I'll take the Bengals. All right. Moving on? Yeah. Vikings at Lions. I mean, this is a game the Vikings should definitely win. But you look at the last time they played, and they only won by two 1917 against the lions yeah mm. um but the vikings but, the vikings need this game and swift is out oh so is dalvin cook that means it's a feeling day yeah they're both out with shoulder injuries that's crazy and i don't know i think the the lions are just like more chewed up at certain positions they're missing a couple of interior linebackers. 
think Trey Flowers is out, uh, along with Swift. Madison and Jamal Williams are respectively both good number two running backs. So I don't think it's like the hugest hit to them. But like Swift was such a dynamic player in their offense. Like similar to you saw what happens like Atlanta without Cordell Patterson. It's like when you don't have that kind of threat coming out of the backfield, it changes everything about the offense. And like Jamal Williams is a good running back, but he's not DeAndre Swift. And Madison is not Dalvin Cook, but you got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins playing good football. So I've got to take the Vikings there. They'll probably burn me. Lions are going to come out and play hard and win their first game. And it's a division game. Probably not. The Lions have nothing to play for right now, right? It's like it's only pride. It's only getting that one win at this point. Uh, but the Vikings are playing for their season. You know, Detroit is trying to lock up that number one overall pick for next season. So, Vikings, I guess. Next. Giants at Dolphins. That's an interesting one. The Giants, despite not being good, are always a tough out. And they're getting healthier. Like, they got Saquon, they got Galladay back. Uh, Their defense has played a lot better. But I think Miami's won four or five in a row at this point. Um, You would think that the way Miami's playing, they should win. But this is not an easy game, I don't think, for them. It's going to come down to Daniel Jones' quarterback play. Like, Tua... He's got a really weird throwing motion, and like he's he's not the most elite thrower of the football, but like he's getting the job done. His numbers are solid. Uh, he finds a way to get the ball to where it needs to go. So, I mean, I think eventually that stuff will catch up to them against like a good team, but I don't necessarily think this is that game. But the Giants' defense is not bad. They could punish some mistake throws. They could get after Tua and force some mistakes. They could limit Gaskin and really force him to to win the game with all his other options. I think it's going to be a defensive game. I didn't really get into the, the total breakdown of it yet. And what is the spread? Six-point spread for the Dolphins at home. But look, the over-under in that game is 39. So they're predicting like a low-scoring defensive game as well. I mean, I could see the Dolphins coming out thinking they won't have to work hard with the Giants and then be. Yeah, they may be ill-prepared for the Giants. Like, I don't know that the Giants are really, like, all that good, but I don't think they're as bad as their record either. Like, they've been plagued by injury as much as any team in the league this year. And and hold on real quick, and I'll pull up their game history while I'm sitting here. So it's like, yeah, they beat the Eagles, who were surging. And the Eagles, I think, are similar to the Dolphins in a lot of ways, in that it's like defense, mobile quarterback. Tua actually probably throws the ball more than Jalen Hurts does, or at least like the offense is more centered around him throwing it rather than running it. Jalen Hurts wants to run for 100. And the, the Bucks lost 30-10 to to Tampa Bay, but that game was close. 
at one point. I think it was like 17-10 before it just kind of got away from them. They beat the Raiders uh, at home. They lost to the Chiefs 20-17. So, like, in the last month, like, they've played hard. They've played pretty well. They're 2-2 two and two, uh, to get to 4-7. and seven. That's not great, obviously, but... You look early season, like when they were struggling, they lost by a point to Washington. They lost by a field goal to the Falcons. Uh, they did get blown out by the Cowboys and Rams, but that was right in the middle of all of their like injury madness. So now that they're starting to come together, but look, okay, so Daniel Jones is out. Sterling Shepard is doubtful. Kadarius Tony's doubtful. So, I mean, that's really all you need to know right there. They're banged up. Yeah, they're not going to win this game. Uh it's a good thing I don't have Daniel Jones anymore as my backup fantasy quarterback because I'd still be scrambling. And he'd probably get hurt again. He's hurt. He's out. He's not playing. Oh, he is completely yeah. out. I mean, he's being listed as out, so. Oh. But that could be... Let me see. I heard rumors that he was going to sit, but... I need, like, five screens that hold all this information neck he's got a neck injury so <laughs> how did that happen i don't know i didn't see it happen but yeah trent harris at linebacker is also out oh then noah dory jackson he's out who's the backup quarterback uh andrew glennon mike glennon he's been around but not gonna work i don't think sorry toast <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully he picks him anyway and lets us all get a free game on him, so. <laughs> all right, Dolphins, what's next? Uh, Eagles at Jets. It's a game that the Eagles need big time. They need that game in a bad way, especially after that loss to the Giants. I want to say the Giants are better than the Jets. The Jets did just pick up a win over Houston after trailing early in that game. So credit to the Jets for scraping themselves out of like dead last because it was them and Jacksonville last season were the two bottom teams I think I had but Jacksonville because they were like both battling with one win but then Jacksonville lost 15 in a row so it's like I had to give it to the team whose streak is terrible and so the Jets like moved up out of last place I have to go with the Eagles. I'm, I'm too heavily invested in fantasy with Goddard. A ho hopefully healthy Sanders. Boston Scott is out. So, Rude. Or he's doubtful. I don't know if he's actually out. but Well, Yahoo keeps telling me to drop him, so I think he's going to be out. But just my luck, Gainwell will come in here and vulture a bunch of touchdowns <laughs> from Miles Sanders. Uh, so, I don't know. But the Eagles need the win. They need to bounce back. They're the better team. They've shown that. They just have to, to play well. I, I don't think the Jets have the kind of defense that the Giants do to to force the Eagles' hand in certain situations. So I'll, I'll go with the Eagles there. What's next? Colts at Texans. Well, that's a game that the Colts should definitely win. Uh, and I think they're 6-6 six and six after that rough loss last time to... Uh, the Bucks in that crazy game, but they showed that they're pretty good, so they should beat a Texans team that isn't very good that just lost to the Jets. 
after having the lean. Yeah. It's like it looked like, oh, Tyrod's back. They're going to play a lot better. And then they go and they lose to the Jets. So <laughs> I think David Johnson is also banged up. This is the game that I left off on when I was doing my research. So yeah, David Johnson's questionable. Brandon Cook's questionable. Chris Conley, questionable. Amendola's out. Justin McCray's out on the O-line. Demarcus Walker's out on the D-line. Jonathan Grenard is out on the... Or he's questionable on the defensive line as well. So the Colts got to go handle business. I mean, they're 6-6. Six and six. Time is of the essence. They can still run the table and get to like 11-6. and six, But realistically, they're probably looking at 10-7. and seven, But it's going to be hard to get in the playoffs. So they need to pick up these wins where they can. I would just give Jonathan Taylor the ball like a bunch Make sure he touches it 30 times minimum, whether it's like receptions, handoffs, whatever. So. No. Yeah. They need to shut him down. Good luck. No. Let's go, Taylor. No, Taylor. It's JT time. <laughs> Cry me a river. What's next? <laughs> I will be. I will be. <laughs> if he goes crazy. Uh, uh, Washington at Raiders. Washington's playing well. I think the Raiders have shown that they're the better team all season long. But Washington is playing well, beating other bad teams, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they like they barely hung on against Seattle. Seattle not very good. You know, now that the Panthers are kind of back in Cam Newton mode, it's like, yeah, they're not very good either. McCaffrey's out. They won that game. Uh, their best win is the Bucks, though. Like they beat the Bucks coming out of the bye week, so the Bucks were rested. They weren't exactly healthy. I think Gronk like played very limited in that game. Uh, but what it says is that their defense is finally starting to play better, and that was what they hung their hats on last season. So if their defense can play, you know, fairly well, they could give the Raiders a lot of problems. Uh, they still McKissick is out though, and so is Landon Collins. So those are two big missing pieces. Curtis Samuel still questionable with his litany of injuries. Uh, Eric Flowers questionable. Tyler Larson questionable. It's a winnable game for Washington. I'll say that, but they're in Vegas. Vegas is in the hunt. They need wins. It's just, for me, like I'm looking at it, it's like, is Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas and Scary Terry going to be enough weaponry to stay ahead of the curve against a, a fairly strong offense with Jacobs and Waller and Renfro and Edwards? Like, I honestly like the pieces better for Washington, but I think Carr is a better quarterback. It's just, is... You know, is Heineke going to ball out and play well, or is he going to make key mistakes? Because I like Heineke. I like, like, his mentality and his his mindset and everything. He throws a high football, though. Like, and those, like, if he can't get the football down, it always is going to end up, like, with an interception or something bad happening at some point. Uh, he doesn't throw a terrible ball. He just throws it high. Like, he lets it sail on him, so... That's a lot of his receivers going up for the football, so it puts them in danger. And you're at, like, there's a lot of passes that could be tipping off guys' hands. And we saw it in the last game where it's like, you know, McLaurin wasn't having the best success because he's got to always go up and compete for that football rather than just like the ball being where it's supposed to be. Uh, 
I'm gonna probably go Raiders for now at home. But I would not be surprised at all to see Washington win this game. The Raiders are only favored by a point, and that says a lot about uh, how far Washington has come lately. Washington made it all the way back to, I think they're in the seventh wildcard position right now with their ugly record, but it's the NFC for you. There's going to be some losing teams in the playoffs. Mm. All right, what's next? Jags at Rams. Well, the Rams need a win. And this is the game they got to get it. They've been struggling. Uh, I mean, they looked a little bit better last week, finally kind of incorporating OBJ in a little bit more. I think he had like five catches for 80 and a touchdown. But most of that came on one deep touchdown catch. But regardless, like they need him to play well. They need to integrate him. But we're starting to see the Matthew Stafford effect, you know. He's been this guy his whole career. Like, I don't I don't understand why the Rams and their fans thought that suddenly, like, you know, 12 years into the league, it's going to be like, yeah, Stafford's going to make, like, a huge jump in quality. It's like he's had great years where ultimately, like, you know, the team doesn't do anything. Because, like, he'll still make particular type of mistakes and just this late in your career like what, what's he gonna change like it's never been about arm talent or like even toughness like he's a fairly mobile quarterback uh at least from his era you know he's like a but he's in the matt ryan class where it's like these guys are good quarterbacks that can make good throws but there's a reason that like their teams never excelled for long periods of time i mean matt ryan had a pretty decent atlanta team there for like three years three four years but he's been in the league for 13 years he's 37 years old and realistically they went to the super bowl once lost and have gotten way worse ever since they barely made the playoffs the following year after that they're one of the worst teams in football the year after that and it's like you play with julio jones like and uh, Matt Stafford had Megatron for all these years. It's like you have these monstrous kind of receivers. Of course, like you're going to have good quarterback numbers. But at the end of the day, like Matt Stafford is who we already knew he was. And he's good enough to get this Rams team to the playoffs. And that's probably going to happen. But the idea that like he was going to just supercharge them to the Super Bowl was a little weird. I mean, the Rams had already gotten to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, basically with the system that they currently have. And I don't even think it's the Rams offense that that's that big of a problem. It's like they can run the football. If they could play defense, they'd be winning games right now. But it's their defense that's letting them down. But against the Jags, their defense should be good enough to, to get them a win here. But that being said, I hope the Jags kick their ass. <laughs> The Jags aren't going to, but I'd like to see that. Because it was like the Rams, like they spent all this money on talent, all this Hollywood, like we're bringing in Vaughn Miller, we're bringing in Beckham, we're bringing in Stafford, like we're the fucking Rams, it's Hollywood, we're sexy, we're going to the Super Bowl, like we're Super Bowl favorites because we got Matt Stafford, and it's like, really, are you? You enjoying that right now? So, anyway, Rams are going to probably win this game. They'll probably cover 13, too, but 13's a lot. So if I was going to bet the spread, I would bet Jacksonville. 
Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Ravens at Steelers. Poof. I don't I don't know how the Steelers are over 50% in that Yahoo pick a map. It doesn't make any sense to me. The Ravens have shown that they're the better team all season. It is a division game. It is gonna be physical. It's one of the best rivalries in football. Like it might even be the best rivalry in football when they play each other. And the Steelers aren't like so bad that uh this is gonna be a walk in the park or anything, but I think they're no yeah, Hayden's still gonna be out for this one. They're missing their nose tackle and bugs. I don't know, they just looked so bad last week. Cincinnati has wins over the Ravens and the Steelers, and convincing wins over both teams. But at least like the Ravens like hung in there with them for a while. The Steelers just got absolutely blistered. They get they got pounded on the ground by Joe Mixon. You know the Ravens are gonna run the ball. And they have Lamar. I know he's healthy. Yeah. So it's I mean, if, if your run defense is bad, that's not the situation you want to be in. But they're in Pittsburgh. Their season's on the line. They need it more than the Ravens. I can understand it being close. You know, Mike Tomlin and Harbaugh been coaching against each other for a decade at least. So they they know what's up. They know it's going to be a hard-hitting, crazy game. But Lamar's got to play better than he did last week. You know, he didn't really play well, and they still won. And the Ravens just have found ways to win. So I picked the Steelers last week. And that left a really bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> because they got their fucking asses kicked. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Apologies for the language, but it was a whooping. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think. We'll see. We'll see. But it makes sense. Ravens make sense. What's next? Niners at Hawks. Oh, there's another one. Picked the Seahawks to beat Washington and... They almost did. They recovered that onside kick, but the NFL's stupid ass rule book. This player was lined up two feet left of where he should have been. He wasn't involved in the play at all, but that's a procedural penalty. Sorry that you've recovered an onside kick. We're taking that away from you. Game over. I mean, Seattle was, they were out of it. Russell Wilson hasn't looked good. His decision making has been poor. His accuracy has been poor. Like, he misses so many of the, like, the easy throws that, like, were just money for him in the past. And their third down completion percentage is just utter trash right now. I think what, I saw something where it's, like, on first and second down, his completion percentage is, like, 75%. And then on third down, it's, like, 35%. So, that tells me they end up in third and long way too much. Because they can't run the football without Carson. They signed Adrian Peterson, but, you know, we saw, like, he went to, yeah, Tennessee cut him, and he ended up on Seattle. He did end up on Seattle. Yeah, but we already saw everything Adrian Peterson has left. Like, he can run hard in a straight line and hit the hole if you can block, but we already know Seattle doesn't run block very well, you know. So, It's going to be an awkward game. Yeah, I feel bad, but. The Niners, 
should beat them. Ugh, it doesn't. I don't like saying it, but I mean Seattle and San Francisco. It's rivalry like Pittsburgh and Baltimore. These teams know each other very well. These coaches have been going at it for a while. Uh, well, maybe you saying it will mean the opposite will happen. Maybe. I mean, if Seattle was going to get up for any game this season, spoiling the Niners' playoff hopes would probably be up there with the games that they want to win. It's in Seattle. I don't know. It's going to come down to, like, is Debo hurt? Is he going to play? If Debo Samuel doesn't play, Seattle probably wins that game. Because their run defense is good enough to at least keep them in it. Their defense has actually played, played really well, despite, like, being shitty for the first month of the season. Uh, and they need a win and they're at home. All these things are true. Uh, but a healthy Debo Samuel. Oh, he's out. So there you go. Greenlaw's out. Warner's doubtful. All right. Well, Seattle can win this game then. I might just pick him. Seattle better win this game then. I'm sure that's going to sound lovely. <laughs> you going to take that out? I don't know. I don't want to edit it. <laughs> Sorry, my allergies are going crazy, so you might hear that nose blowing going on in the background. All right. Uh, go Hawks. What's next? Uh, Broncos at Chiefs. Man, I hope the Broncos win. The Chiefs are Chiefs are back in first. They're, you know, they're, they're back to doing what they do. Their defense is playing better, taking some of the pressure off Mahomes. The Chiefs should win. I think Edward Solera is healthy now, so they had their bye week last week, so they should be rested. They should be as they should be as ready for the final stretch as they could be. I think they got to what seven and four. Um, yeah, they're seven and four, but I mean, the three other teams in the West are six and five, so like it's a winnable game for the. The Raiders, if the Broncos win, they'll leapfrog to first. If the Chargers win, they'll be in that conversation. It's a very interesting division, but you got to look at, like, the, these are the two teams in this division that have the best, like, point differential. But, you know, Casey's won four in a row. They've kind of just, like, gotten back to, like, football. Not necessarily, like, Chiefs football. Not as flashy, just like let's go play football and win games. Like forget about being the Chiefs for a little bit, and it served them well. Uh, they are the lowest seeded of the division leaders in the AFC, but they have the second best win streak behind New England. So I gotta think the Chiefs are gonna win. You know, I think Denver at home against. Uh, the Chargers is a little bit indicative of how hard it is to play in Denver. And going into that game, I was like, if Denver can establish the run against this uh, San Diego team, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers, Ooh. oh, I did it. I've been able to avoid it all season long, <laughs> but I did it. Uh, running the ball against the Chargers in Denver is going to be the way to go because that altitude is going to get to them eventually. And they beat them last year uh, in Denver on that crazy like comeback so I don't think Denver going on the road to Kansas City is going to have that same kind of success it's a high pressure game for Teddy Bridgewater and those guys and the Chiefs fans and that it's crowd loud. it's, it's loud, very loud. Arrowhead, yeah 
So I'll side with the Chiefs, but I really hope the Broncos win. I would love to see the Chiefs not make the playoffs because of something like that. So it'd be hilarious. All right, what's next? Monday night, Ben. Oh boy. Monday night football. Bills, Patriots. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like the national media has already just crowned Mac Jones as the guy. I don't know if it was like I don't know if it was Good Morning Football or one of the shows where they do like the the predictions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Everybody picked the Patriots, so it's nice that the Bills get to be underdogs in this game. Um, they're still slightly favored on the money line, but most of the quote unquote experts are picking the Patriots. Yahoo has Bills by a lot. Oh, all right, that's nice at least. At least that means a lot of teams are picking Bills, right? A lot of Yahoo users are picking the Bills to win that game. Uh, Realistically, the Bills should win that game. Uh, But if it's going to be the kind of cold, windy, snowy day that it appears that it's going to be, that does, I think, favor the Patriots a little bit with the way they run the football. Um and it's going to mitigate the amount of pass pressure you can get on Mac Jones. But, you know, the Bills have at least played in the elements a little bit. I don't know that Jones has at this point. So if it's really like a a cold day, I don't want to say like have a dirty play happen. But the Bills need to hit Mac Jones and just l- like not even necessarily get a sack on him. But just like let him know that every time he throws the ball, like he's going to be getting whacked uh just kind of like they did to mike white when they played the jets like i think they only sacked white once or twice but they hit him hard a bunch and that's what they need to do to jones like pressure him just like uh just like dallas did get some pressure on him and force him to like get off his spot you gotta know that the patriots are gonna try and throw as much short as they can they're gonna try and run the ball so you need to have your linebackers paying attention to that edge don't let the Patriots just run downhill on you all day long. It looks like Star Latulule should be back. Looks like Spencer Brown should be back. So the interior of the Bills defense should be okay. Uh, and if the Bills defense is at 100%, I think they can shut down the run. And then you got Spencer Brown out there blocking. I don't know that the Bills are going to like dominate on the ground, but they maybe could given the circumstances. We'll see. Singletary ran really hard last week. Breda's got wicked speed, but if it's uh, really snowy and wet out there, he may not be able to utilize that speed so well. We saw him just like randomly fumble running down the field one time. Like the ball just like came out of his hands. I don't know why, but I mean, that's the price you pay for Matt Breda. Like he's, he's so fast that he's moving faster than the ball and he just knocks it out of his own hands. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, utilize him in some screen games. Maybe get him a couple sweet plays here and there. Debating whether or not to throw him out there and go heavy on the Bills. Go Diggs, Bills defense, and Breda all in that Monday night game. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I got to make the decision sooner rather than later because all the other guys are going to play before Breda. So. I don't know. I kind of like having Breda I just as an extra Bills player and as a backup running back, but... I should have played him uh, last week when he scored, but yeah. But of all games, 
of all games, the Patriots got a good defense. So, yeah. I expect Diggs to have a good one. He roasted them last season. But you know Belichick's not going to be too thrilled with that, and they're going to really focus on taking Diggs out of the game plan. So I expect them to just double Diggs, and we could see a good, like, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox type of game. Just because Diggs cooked them so bad last season that I'm sure they're studying the film on that. I don't really have a choice but to play Diggs. Uh, so I'm going to play him. He'll probably still play well. I just don't know if he goes like for over 100 and a touchdown on them. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, if he gives me 70, I'll be happy. Give me 70, 80 yards. Go Bills. I can't stand the Patriots. Cheaters. End of story. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. I mean, for the most part, like, I don't like Robert Kraft. He's getting, he's going to the rub and tug joint as a billionaire. Like, he's probably married with kids and stuff, too. And he's, like, going getting dirty hand jobs and Gross. back alley massage parlors. Then you got Belichick, who's constantly cheating. He's been busted for cheating, like, five times. And it's just like, nah, he's still coaching. He's been there for 20 years. Uh, but I don't really like hate the players. I hate the media's weird like obsession with them. Uh, so there's a graphic of like the the primetime games that are coming up over the weekend or the like the big matchups, and in the Bills Patriots matchup, it's Mac Jones picture up there, like so it's like Lamar Jackson, uh, like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Mac Jones. And it's like, you realize Josh Allen's playing in this game, right? Number two in MVP votes last year. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league this season. But it's stuff like that that's like, why? Why is the media so in love with the Patriots? I don't get it. Other than maybe Robert Kraft has really deep pockets. Like I said, he's a billionaire. So... You know, money kind of rolls downhill into some people's pockets, and then the Patriots are all over the national media. Everyone's talking about how Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback of all time. And so it'd be really nice to see all that noise get punched square in the mouth. And there's the contingents of Bills fans that are very much like, we're going to kick their ass. And I hope so, but realistically, like, strip away all the noise, this is a good game. The Patriots are a good football team. They're playing well. They are well-coached. They're well-prepared. They're also a cold-weather team, so regardless of whether it's cold or not, it's not going to be an advantage. Uh, they're probably built a little bit better for the cold in their style of play. And it's an important game. It's a huge game. Uh, it may be the biggest non-playoff game that the Bills have had. Because now, like, that Kansas City game earlier this year was a huge one, obviously, but now it's like this rivalry is back at the top of this division. Uh, and it wasn't a rivalry for a long time because the Patriots just dominated. So to see that they're, like, coming back, you know, I can understand people want them to have a wake-up call. Like, that they're not quite there yet. But they are good, and they've won, like, five in a row for a reason. So, it's nothing to sleep on. 
I think six in a row, actually. So, like, I think the Bills are going to win. I hope they do it in dominating fashion by getting after Mac Jones and really showing him that he, showing him and the rest of the world that he's still a rookie. But there's a good chance that this game is close. There's a good chance that the Patriots win the game. I don't want to say that out loud because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> but you just did. Yeah, I just did because I'm being honest and the Patriots could beat the Bills in this game. What the Patriots do well fits like right into all of the gaps of all the things that the Bills don't do well. And with Trey White missing now, there's like, you know, there's that hole on that side of the defense where like Trey White had not given up a touchdown all season. Like the quarterback rating targeting him was like 19 on a scale of 158 being the highest. So it's like he was as locked down of a corner as you could get. And Levi Wallace is a good corner, but he's a very different type of cornerback than uh, Trey. And so now Dane Jackson, who's a rookie, is stepping in on that side. And not that the Patriots receivers are like these game-breaking kind of guys, but it reminds me a lot of the beginning of the Patriots dynasty with like David Patton and uh, Brown. Uh, just like these hard-working blue collar type of receivers like and born good good receiver like well-rounded uh like Aguilar came in bring that speed to the offense uh Jacoby Myers like really sure-handed guy plus you got those two tight ends like the Patriots are very very deep at their skill positions with their running backs their tight ends and their receivers so the point of emphasis is has to be on getting Mac Jones to make those mistakes and we saw it in the Dallas game, but even that game, the Patriots hung in there with the Cowboys when the Patriots were not good and the Cowboys were, like, firing on all cylinders. So we could see a game like that, but I'm really hoping that the Bills stomp them. But in order to do that, I think the Bills have to run the ball, so we'll see how committed they are to doing that. dial up a lot of Josh Allen runs and have him run over some of the linebackers because like the Patriots defense is good but they're predicated on uh, scheme and speed so there's a good chance that Josh Allen when they're playing is going to be one of the biggest guys on the field in general he's got to let the Patriots know that and he's got to not fumble while doing it but if you can get a couple of runs up the middle where he runs over some of their linebackers and corners and safeties and like sets a physical tone and doesn't get injured or fumble in the process, yeah, that's that'll be huge for the Bills. It's kind of like what we saw Lamar do to the uh, Chiefs defense earlier in the season where it's like they were losing that game and then just second half, like he just started running the ball with no fear against them and they were like afraid to step up and make the tackle. So we need a little bit of that from Josh too. But Bills by a billion Screw the Patriots. Can't stand them. I respect what that organization has done and their consistency and all that. I, You know, being a Bills fan for 20 years, I'm looking at how the Patriots run their organization. I'm like, why, why don't people just copy that? Like, it, it seems pretty easy to me just like copy what they're doing. But people are very stubborn about it. And meanwhile, like everyone's going up and down. The Patriots are just staying right there winning Super Bowls. So... I still hate them, but I respect <laughs> really? them. Really? <laughs> but I respect them, so. 
All right, well, I guess that's it. Uh, good luck, everybody, in your fantasy penultimate week. I mean, it is for us. You may have later fantasy regular seasons, but we got two weeks left in ours. Me and you are going head-to-head. -head. You're going down. We'll see. I don't think so. Taylor can easily crush my week. He better. He better not. He better. Better not. You can afford the loss more than I can. That is not true. <laughs> we have the same record, but you have more points. So Barely, it comes down though. to tie break. Barely. Yeah, well, I want to win. I want to win. We both want to win, but that ain't only happen. one of us can win. What if we tie? That'd be weird. That would be hilarious. It would be. It'd be awkward, though. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Good luck in all your fantasy matchups. I hope everyone's team performs makes everyone happy on sunday except for the new england fans <laughs> if you're a patriots fan i don't hate you i've, I've talked to some nice patriots fans that really just like love the team uh but i'm not cheering for you not happy for you guys this week so uh go bills happy football sunday Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.